the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking tech, talking tech, talking investing, talking anything that you want to talk about ultimately, money investing and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things I've been talking about as far as digital assistance and media, I've, I've come across some research recently and I started like yellow highlighting everything. And when you take like a 300 page thing and try to yellow highlight it down to a radio show, it can be kind of brutal and kind of difficult, but I've tried and you know, I can't promise that this is entertaining to you, but I could promise that there's a lot of investment ideas inside of it. And if you kind of get the idea of reading research reports and reading analyst ideas, you, you kind of get where we're going as far as investment opportunities. And you're always looking for like the age and the baby boomer. The, and they're going to consume more pharmaceuticals and they're going to go to the hospitals more. They're going to have heart attacks more often. And, you know, companies come out with stents and they come out with stents that are coated in drugs. And that slowly releases drugs thin your blood, you know, and, and let your heart that your body accept that fake heart or artificial heart or artificial stent or whatever it is that they're putting in your body. A lot going on there, right? So the future of tech and media, we know that there's a lot going on there. Uh, you're talking about augmented reality is going to eventually become a $70 billion business. And we've heard that and we're like, ooh, that's a lot. Um, so one of the things I'm trying to do is put this all kind of into digestible form. There's $300 billion in tech and media growth dollars the next two or three years. There's 31 hours a day because we can we multitask. There's super users who are spending a lot more time and a lot more money on some of these trends, like they're watching Netflix and Hulu at the same time. Um, or they're playing video games and listening to Spotify or Apple Music at the same time. So... Just opening this can of worms, it, it's big, and I'm doing the best I can to really kind of get into digital assistance for you. Um, now I want to get into leave digital assistance behind and go into virtual reality, augmented reality for you. There's a great deal of hype and confusion about virtual reality and augmented reality, merged reality, transmogrified reality, immersive computing, um, mediated reality, extended reality. I've heard all of these terms, right? Hyper-reality, cinematic reality, mixed reality, uh, augmented virtuality, spatial computing, holographic devices, blah, 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 blah. Reality computing enables rich, immersive experience that will lead to the next big computing platform. Some of the virtual reality and augmented reality that we've seen so far ain't all that in a bucket of chicken. Um, but virtual reality could put you on a space station. Virtual reality could put you on top of a skyscraper in Hong Kong. Virtual reality can put you in your friend's college dorm room. Facebook recently showed something that they're doing with Oculus that 
when you put on your Oculus headgear, the first thing you see is your kind of like your home station. And where do you go from there? Kind of a home screen. Are you going to hit the Internet Explorer button? Are you going to hit an app and go play, you know, Angry Birds? What are you going to do? Virtual reality is fully immersive, and it uses a virtual or digital environment. Augmented reality is digital overlay visuals and information onto a physical world through spatial mapping. And the best way to explain that is Pokemon Go. When you're playing Pokemon Go, your camera turns on and you can see the outside world. And then suddenly, oh, a Pikachu's right Pikachu. in front of you. Now, virtual reality it allows you to explore the imaginary world, enables interactive gaming. Zombies can jump out at you. Now, zombies can jump out at you in your own home with augmented reality. But virtual reality kind of wants to set it up in an old, scary, <laughs> haunted house. Now, the next big computing platform... Who wants to be chased by Michael Myers? I do. I do. I never really liked Michael Myers. In the world of bad guys, I was much more of a fan of Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. No. Um, yes. No. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Can you speak Russian? Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've been stumped. So the next big computing platform is going to try to merge, and you've seen uh, Microsoft kind of play with this, digital and physical worlds. You've seen digital keyboards or virtual keyboards. It's kind of an, a neat idea, and it'll guide decisions and actions through artificial intelligence. Uh, it'll integrate emerging technologies to create everywhere screens, enhance collaboration, augment enterprise capabilities across industries. I'm not ready for this. Reality computing is primarily entertainment today, but it becomes the next big computing platform, which incorporates sophisticated technology. Um, you know, messaging, social, console gaming, casual gaming, at-home shopping. Um, and that turns into, you know, th those are all things that we do right now. We can message and social and get on... Uh, FaceTime with each other and like, hey, I got a silly little hat that I'm wearing. Or I get on Snap and like, hey, I got googly eyes for you. Uh, where reality computing wants to go is the Internet of Things kind of data for test and repair. So that you could be building a car and you could be putting a part on and you could say, uh-oh, this is a bad cracked tube. This is going to be good. Um, collaboration with spatial mapping, where if you're going to engineer a car together, perhaps one engineer in China could be working with an engineer in Detroit. Um, I hate it when I just did what I just did. I just talked about a country and then I, I put in a state versus a country. Blech, stupid me. But when 5G becomes fast enough, we're going to start getting more technology like everywhere screens and virtual assistants that are a little bit more like... Um, Ozzy's gone crazy. What am I trying to think of? He's the metal man. He's Iron Man. So his Iron Man virtual assistant, um, almost in real time, uh, was pretty cool. So reality computing is going to be a $70 billion business by 2021. Hmm. And that's, again, when you kind of start mixing augmented reality with virtual reality. Today, it's about a $4 billion business. And augmented reality, because of the iPhone 10, it'll be on 400 smart million, 400 million smartphones, you know, with the uh, artificial reality kit that Apple has released. Um, artificial reality is expected to gain a footing in enterprise before consumer adoption. 
due to the proven enterprise use cases, high prices and bulky form factor, augmented reality consumer revenue will begin to take off after the enterprise does. So it'll be about 2021 when augmented reality will hit about $71 billion plus dollars. Again, most of the money is going to go into consumer uh, applications versus, I'm sorry, most of the money is going to go into enterprise applications versus consumer applications. Virtual reality is innovative. Um, it, it's new media, it's new information, it's new entertainment medium. So virtual reality is playing into immersive gaming and movies and the concerts. Uh, it is sporting events where literally now you could sit in your house and be on the 50-yard line of a football game. Pretty cool. Uh, you could sit in your house and travel and see Australia's you know, golden shores long before you hit those beaches. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I do my best to curate the news, information, business ideas, my years of working as an investment advisor and... uh you know, understanding the financial planning world to kind of bring you a show dedicated to getting you to retirement. You can learn more about me at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Our favorite caller, Juliet's on the line, 800-516-1220. How are you, Juliet? Yeah. Hey, RB, how are you? I'm good, Jay. Hey, so I have a question. You said you're going to do a little bit of research on this. Bitcoin just keeps going up and up. It's at 4600 today. And why does it keep driving up? Do you own Bitcoin? More. Huh? Do you own a Bitcoin? I do. And Litecoin, you. lithium, I think that's what it is. You've got more cojones than me. Um, <laughs> I'm not making money. A, I want to know why it's driving up. Should I sell? I have no idea, but I'll talk about it for you. Um, I think there's a, a concept that this is an alternative, alternative moonshot. And what that means is you should put 1% of your money into crazy ideas if that's what you feel like doing. And you did, and congratulations. I did. 1% can, 1% can make you 10%, and it's better if you lose 1%, you're not going to cry. Um, but let me talk about it, and thanks for the call. Bitcoin has an, had an unbridled march to 4,600. Now, just before we say it's crazy up, because it is crazy up, I want to throw out some headlines for you. Um, Bitcoin miners are making a killing in transaction fees. Bitcoin tumbles below 4,000. Bitcoin um, hits a record. Bitcoin is back above 4,000. Bitcoin is breaking records. Bitcoin is tumbling. Bitcoin is sliding. Bitcoin is tumbling. Bitcoin is sinking as Bitcoin Cash goes live. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is crashing. Uh, the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum is slipping, but Bitcoin Cash is rising. So there's a lot of up and a lot of down, but the trend is, is momentumly higher. Uh, and it's, it's tough to argue. Bitcoin has been on a tear since, uh, since it split in August, resulting in the creation of Bitcoin Cash. Um, a Bitcoin investor, a guy named Dennis Porto, who's out of Harvard, he said that over the long term, he noticed Bitcoin's price was following Moore's law and growing exponentially. He said he thought Bitcoin could reach 100000 by 2021, as long as that continued. That, to me, just feels speculative. So what do you, you ask what's driving Bitcoin? It's speculation right now. Um, right now, there's some world currency questions. Where do you put money? 
North Korea fires a missile over Japan, do you put it in the yen? No, because typically when people get fearful, they put money in the yen. They take it out of the dollar and other sources and put it in the yen. Now, South Korea has a lot to lose. Their currency is going lower. Um, you know, Bitcoin cash is a derivative of Bitcoin. and It's trading for about $580 per coin. Um, I'm not going to say I'm proud of you for, you know, making this move. It's speculative. And that's what ultimately is driving it. Um, it's speculation that there's a worst-case scenario out there. It's speculation that U.S. economy is going to collapse under Social Security, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, Medi-Cal, um, all the different social programs that we have. And the debt ceiling continues to climb higher and higher and higher. For Americans, the soaring value seems like a puzzle on Bitcoin. It does. It doesn't seem like the payment network is any closer to mainstream acceptance than it is. Um, but it's got some soaring demand in Asia, and any time I've been told that a company, uh, a major company, gets hacked and their data gets stolen, it's been told that the pirates, the hackers, want to be paid in Bitcoin. Um, and supposedly it, it's had some large transactions. The Japanese government formally recognized the cryptocurrency in April, given its greater legitimacy in Asia's major uh, economy, Japan. There's been steady growth of international money transfers, servicing services that use Bitcoin to move cash from one country to another. Um, ultimately, some people say, and this, Juliet, this is the cautious note. So one person says it can go to 100,000. Another person says it can go to zero in large part because it's hackable. Anything that's encrypted can be encrypted in theory. Um, Bitcoin's been in the news recently, like I said, because of ransomware often demanding Bitcoin payments from victims. Now, that's not great news for cryptocurrencies images, but it nonetheless drives demand. The latest surge in Bitcoin's price is likely to end in tears for a lot of investors, um, because ultimately it, it has only value that people are willing to place on it. There have been three previous times when Bitcoin's value has soared like this, once in 2011, once in 2013, and each boom was followed by a dramatic crash. Uh, Bitcoin is an alternative to the dollar. It's a currency. It's a cryptocurrency because it's encrypted. Bitcoin has become more international since 2013. Bitcoin reached a high of 5 million won in South Korea on May 25. The equivalent of about $4,500 and far higher than the U.S. price at the time, which was about $2,700. There's intense interest in virtual currency in Japan and South Korea. Um, Japan's formal recognition of Bitcoin is a significant factor behind the recent boom. The Japanese legislature had to go a step further and pass rules, specifically spelling out how Japanese financial regulations would apply to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. If you go out and read, you know, just Google the uh, you know, cryptocurrency flaws or cryptocurrency bad news, sometimes it's been hacked and a uh, large amount of value has been stolen. So... Um, it's got a tiny share of the global market for money transfers, a tiny share of currency values. And that's about all I can throw out at you. Uh, North America represents a small fraction of the customers in all their categories, which are start with money transfers. Um, a big reason for that is the global financial institution system right now is based on the U.S. dollar. Bitcoin fans don't like to talk about the network's illicit uses, like illegal drugs on underground websites. Um, pirates hacker hackerware, I guess it's ransomware. Um, but none of the all, all everything I've said really pulls it all together for the overall demand on Bitcoin. Um, 
if you value all the Bitcoins in existence today, it's about $45 billion, which is a relatively small sum. So you've got a lot of uh, speculation on very little opportunity, on very little um, supply. So when Bitcoin's price went from less than a dollar to $30 in a matter of weeks, back in 2011, it fell all the way back to three. Um, again, there was another bubble like that in 2013. So be cautious. Um, I think Morgan Stanley recently did a report on Bitcoin going to 5,000 before it goes down. Um, I own none. Um, so, yeah, Morgan Stanley says you should spend it, not buy it. Um, that came out in July. So just Google Morgan Stanley Bitcoin, and you may find a little bit more analysis from someone who knows a lot more about it than me. Um, Bitcoin acceptance is virtually zero at this point in time and shrinking. So uh, Morgan Stanley went as far as to say it's not viable. But again, I'm not stopping you. Um, you've done great. Good luck. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I always have seminars coming up. When I do, you can sign up online at Rob Black Show. You could use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's RADIO25 for free. Come to Marin in the near future in about two weeks. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Money, 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 money. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Which would you rather be? A young sting? Knowing that you're going to have 30, 40 years of rock and roll in front of you? Or super stinking wealthy? Which would you rather be? Let's say you could be sting without the money. Whoa. Hmm. You know what that's an exercise in, right? Imagination. Fantasy. Kind of tells you what you should have done with your life, maybe. Okay, that's enough, Sting. Go back in your closet. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Um, Taking a look at Facebook, it's turning into a pretty big story. So you would think that if you turned on CNBC or Bloomberg or Financial Media News Network today, that Facebook was the only story out there. But tomorrow and the next day, we're going to be talking about the Federal Reserve. Well, that's actually just happened later in the day. So it kind of shows you how not fickle, but financial media is always looking for stories. Fed Chairman Powell will communicate the Fed's thinking at a press conference that is scheduled to begin at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So if that's 2.30 Pacific or 2.30 Eastern, you know, let's do the math. The 1.30, the 12.30, 11.30, daylight savings times, times pi, 3.21. So that, that's right before lunchtime, right, is essentially what we're getting at. Um, we're going to hear a little bit more about the Federal Reserve. But we're also going to hear from Fed Chairman Powell, where as he gets experience communicating with the message of the mar- uh, the message of the Federal Reserve and how that plays out in markets. You know, it you would think that the Federal Reserve pays attention to housing prices and employment prices and a lot of other things and not just the stock market, but it sometimes it feels like if the stock market's having a bad day, the Federal Reserve's always there to make things good. Would you like a sandwich, Billy? 
So there's uncertainty right now on what the Federal Reserve's exact growth forecast is going to be and how they you know, plan to show it to us. So are they looking at three rate hikes or are they looking at four rate hikes? Um, what sort of language do they use? So there's a little bit of uncertainty. There's reports out of the Wall Street Journal that the Trump administration is going to announce $30 billion on tariffs on countries um, China imports, and that China stands ready to respond with tariffs on U.S. agricultural exports. So Trump's playing now with the farmers. So the middle part of America. The ugly weather in the Northeast is grounding thousands of flights, and it could start curtail um, trading volume on Wall Street. If you can't get to Wall Street to do your trading, you have your trader do it for you. And if he can't do it, you go, well, okay, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it next week. Facebook's data protection story continues to grow hair on it. As best as I could tell, <clears throat> you, the consumer, chose to download an app that basically said rate your digital life. I think we've probably all done something like this at some point in time. What is my retirement number? What celebrity do I look like? <clears throat> Where we put an app and we were like, oh, I don't really want that app. This is going to haunt me. So in this app, you would open it up and you would rate your digital life. Maybe you get paid or maybe you get you know some sort of kickback coupon. You basically inserted data like, hey, um, I like to go skiing. I'm 25 to 35. And uh, then you shut it off and that was it. But what was happening was this company was looking at your Facebook friends and your photos. And let's say you posted an article once about salmon. And I, I won't get into the politics of salmon on rivers and dams and you know, save our rivers and, you know, stop salmon fishing or do salmon fish or don't salmon fish or wild versus, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But so this data company, if they were able to see that you loved salmon and you want it to like uh, overthrow the Republican government, they saw that in your pictures. They saw that in your notes. They saw that in your, your friends lists. And suddenly advertisements started getting turned on to you like, do you hate Trump? Do you hate salmon? This is your chance. Vote. Blah, blah, blah. So it's scary how much information we have on Facebook that is, you keep hearing about this artificial intelligence and machine intelligence. Uh, it's scary how much information machines are going to be able to mine on us and are mining on us. Um, and we give up all that information. Southwest Airlines is cutting its first quarter guidance for revenue per available seat mile. FedEx is reporting better than expected earnings and guidance, but not seeing its stock benefit on that report. Uh, Salesforce, who I hate you, Salesforce. Why do I hate Salesforce? I think it's a great stock. I think it's a wonderful stock. I think it's a lovely, lovely, lovely stock. But why do I hate Salesforce? Is It's because they've put that big tower right smack in the skyline of San Francisco. And it's not very good. It's not very attractive looking. If you're going to put something super big in a skyline. Now I'm starting to sound like the Hawaiians. In Maui, they've put up some uh, power generators, wind, wind uh, farms, wind turbines. And uh, 
in Hawaii, we do not like wind turbines. Why? It's green. It's ecological. It's, it's all about the fish and the, the great islands in Hawaii. We do not like the big wind turbines. And you're like, why? How, how's that possible? It's free electricity. You know, it's you don't have to get coal and dirty up the planet or anything like that. Oh, but in Hawaii, we can't see the sky. <laughs> Just look the other horizon. Look at the other horizon. Oh, okay. So, to me, I always found that kind of funny. Um, so, Salesforce has ruined my horizon. I, I guess I should just look a different direction, right? Um, but, yeah, people get upset about wind turbines and horizons. And listen to me. I'm going on about Salesforce. Uh, Nordstrom's has a special committee, which basically they're trying to figure out if the company can go private. And Nordstrom, the Nordstrom family members, you know, my daddy's daddy came to America in a stagecoach, and uh, he uh, started Nordstrom's in the middle of the country to help cowboys and cowgirls get all gussied up for this big rodeo. And then you say, Rob, your history of America going back ooh, two generations and gussied up. Um, yeah, it's probably not that good. So don't ask me for my help on your history lessons. But um, yeah, so Nordstrom was probably one of those companies that's, you know, oh, you know, in the big city of New York back in the 1900s where you know, this concept came. And I think it got, it got hit. Um, have you ever been roller skating? Have you ever been um, hit by a car, like when you're trying to walk or something like that? And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa what just happened? To me, it feels like Nordstrom's been hit by that internet superhighway car called Amazon. And why why the family members want to own it is kind of beyond me. But, 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 Oil price is up 2.2% today, 63.42. Oil's not been a big story for the last 12 months. It feels like it's it's creeping up to where it could, you know, make countries money. It's creeping up where it says, hey, you know, worldwide demand's good. Ten-year treasury has hit 2.9%. Fourth quarter current account deficit widened to $128 billion. That's when you start going, fourth quarter current account deficit, our trade deficit, with other countries, how much is coming in, how much is going out? It's not that simple, but it's 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 along those lines. So that trade deficit was pretty big; it was huge, as some of my friends in the White House would say. Um, 128 billion in 90 days. How do you feel about that? So you're to 190, 128. Let's just call that 250. Call that 500 over the year if the fourth quarter is typical. But it may not be due to holiday seasons and things like that, right? How do you feel like <clears throat> we're, we're the world's consumers? We're the world's shoppers. Um, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Does that ever get you angry? Um, or are you cool with that? Uh, no, no correct answer from me. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's Show. Dot com 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air don't forget there's another hour of today's show to listen to find it now at kdow.biz or on the kdow radio app i'm ron black talking money investing and more 
Tuesdays and Wednesdays, CFP Chad Burton does the morning show here on KDOW AM 1220. He's a CFP, um, very hardcore knowledge on financial planning. Here he is from this morning show talking a little social security. A lot of people say, I'm not going to pay into the system because the system is going to be broke by 2034, whatever the new number is today. And it is definitely something that has to be fixed. Luckily, we have a millennial population that supposedly is larger than the baby boom population. So there might be more support for Social Security than we think. When you're running your financial plans, if you're under the age of 45, make sure you can retire without it. Don't even put it in your calculations because if it remains in place, it will be replaced by higher taxes. We just got our our tax update in our financial planning software, and we can turn on and turn off income projections with and without these current tax cuts that we're seeing. Because for an average person in retirement, these tax cuts are very, very good. Even in the state of California, believe it or not, they're very good. And I just don't see how they're going to last if we're going to, as a country, make sure we shore up Social Security and Medicare and especially Medicaid. Yesterday, we were talking about Medicaid. That's what pays for you if you go into a nursing home in your older ages and you've exhausted all of your assets. 70% of people in nursing homes are are being paid for by Medicaid right now. It's crazy. In the Bay Area, those costs are well over $90,000 a year. It's taxing the system. People are living longer. Pills are keeping them alive. Um, but maybe they can't dress themselves or bathe themselves or whatever, so they're they're in a home. Um, so remember, if, if you were born 1960 or later, your full retirement age is 67 for Social Security. If you take Social Security before that, you will get a reduction. There's no more file and suspend strategy. That's over, so I'm not even going to talk about it. There's still a restricted application where you can draw a lower spousal benefit until you switch to your own at age 70. But if you're going to take advantage of that strategy, you would have had to have been 62 years old by the end of 2015. So anybody younger than that, now it's really an issue of, you know, uh, when do you take it? How long are you going to live? What do your other assets look like? Social Security, it's it could be a complicated calculation. It's a very lumpy calculation. I've had results out of our Social Security software that say, take it at uh, 66 and three months. Like, three months, why? And that's just when the calculation made more sense. Keep in mind, you never, ever, ever want to take Social Security early if you're still working and earning money. I'm not talking about from rental properties or any passive stuff, but earning money, like you're self-employed and you get a 1099 or you're working for somebody else as a W-2. If you earn over $17,040 for every $2 you earn above that limit, they're going to hold back $1 of Social Security and they're going to tax it. Now, some of that you can eventually get back in certain circumstances. So if you're really hurting for cash for some reason, you need to do it, you might be able to get some of that back. It, it's not a holdback that just totally disappears. Um, in some cases, you can get some of that back, so keep that in mind. you got to realize in retirement, Social Security is likely going to be taxable. If you make more than 25000 modified adjusted gross income, which includes even your tax-free bonds, or 32000 if you're married, if you make over that, 50% of your Social Security becomes taxable, and then at a certain point, 85% of your Social Security becomes taxable. A lot of people forget to put that in their calculations. 
Because at one point in time, when it was first invented, Social Security income was tax-free. Some states tax Social Security. Some states don't. Got to keep that in mind if you're moving out of the Bay Area. If you're trying to say, you know what? I'm cashing in on this giant real estate run-up. I can retire five years earlier if I sell my house and buy two smaller houses in different parts of the country. You have to look at the tax situation that you're dealing with. Some states tax it. Some states don't. Some states are better with pensions, for example, than other states. So you definitely have to look into that. So Social Security is 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 in trouble. Um, the idea that it's going to run out of money in 2034 and some sort of a trust, it's not really an account. It's kind of a, a ledger. Um, it's, it's going to have to change. There's just no way. I mean, realistically, they should just say, you can't get Social Security until you're 70. The new age for millennials, they're probably going to live till they're 120 years old. So to retire before 70, retire before you can just live off your passive income is silly for younger people anyways. So it's going to have to change. You're going to see it change. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Been a tough week on um, Facebook. Data leaks, data security. You're seeing the tech illuminate, for lack of a better term. Uh, A lot of them are coming out and saying, you know, time to delete Facebook. I question, when I see things like that, I'm like, no, people wouldn't really do that, would they? I think the answer is yes, somewhere along the lines, right? You would hope. Facebook shares a little bit lower today as you're starting to see, you know, when do they get hurt? Are they going to get hurt? You know, they're in trouble because there's so many eyeballs looking at their stuff. They're in trouble because they, you know, had a successful advertising year over year at the company, but it looks like they probably shouldn't have let their, they say they didn't have anything breached that, you know, you chose to answer this company's questions, but then at what point in time did you say that they could look at your friends and family and that's in your privacy and security things. It's kind of on you too, right? Kind of an opt out versus an opt in kind of service. Been an interesting week on Facebook time by. Let me know what your thoughts are. Rob at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.